Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Terror Express. I am excited to welcome back Vanessa Wright as my co-host today. And today, tonight, whatever time you're watching this, we are talking to Andre Gower. You know him from The Monster Squad. He played Sean, and he's also the writer and director of the documentary Wolfman's Got Nards. Hello, Andre, and welcome to the Terror Express. Well, I am uh, all aboard. I am uh, uh, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thrilled to have you here. Yes. So let's talk about Sean and the Monster Squad. Was that experience like the the curse of a child star? Have you faced any obstacles as an adult actor that kind of ties back to when you were a child star being recognized for your work as a child? Has that affected you? You know, if it has, I don't, I don't know. Um, I am unaware. I think really what it is, is, um, you know, Monster Squad is definitely uh, on the top of, you know, a lot of columns of of what I've done and what people know me for. And, you know, in certain circles, it's the thing that, um, you know, certainly um, thought about and recognized um, and either admired or admonished. Um, but, you know, it happens, I guess, sometimes, you know, when, you know, younger actors are a thing and uh, then they have bad experiences as an adult or it gets in their way or I I think because of my breadth of work, you know, I did a ton of television, uh, you know, did the monster squad, did a few other films. And um, I I don't, I never viewed my experiences and my resume and my success at that time as an obstacle or a hindrance for anything later on. Uh, In fact that, you know, I've had one person that said something that was super crazy to me. And um, she's like a big, she's a producer, but I don't, I didn't know. And we'll get into that uh, in a little bit, but uh, I've, I've only seen it um, as something that uh, is a conversation thing. That's positive. uh, And then also a door opener. And once I realized that after a little bit, um, you know, because I was away from the industry for a while and I lived in a totally different area and it was doing totally different things. Uh, and then the whole Monster Squad resurgence thing kind of came out of nowhere and blew up, <laughs> you know, like kind yeah. of like, you know, kind of like a you know dynamite in a treehouse. It just kind of exploded and um, became a thing. And after a number of years of that, I ended up leaving where I was and going back to LA and getting back kind of, you know, two feet in the industry and, and working on projects and developing concepts and uh, working in front of the camera. And I realized that not everybody gets the opportunity uh, that, uh, since we're just talking about me, that, you know, that I had at that moment or at these mm-hmm. moments and something like the Monster Squad or something like your TV career Uh, or all of that as a combination. And then the relationships that you uh, have had, and then the ones that you continue to have, and then the new ones that you got to build, you know, kind of when I came back, um, those were all positives. I realized that I could get meetings, I could get in the door, I could have conversations about projects I wanted to do because of the Monster Squad, you know, and and I realized that that was a commodity and not a uh, obstacle, not, you know, not a hindrance at all, yeah. where a lot of people be like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with what I did as a kid. I was like, that's fine. That, that's your that's your path. My path is because this person I'm talking to tomorrow was a huge fan of the Monster Squad. That's why I have a meeting at that studio tomorrow. I'm not, I understand what it is. And um, 
I, I, I appreciate it. I respect it. And I'm sure as hell going to take advantage of it. You know, I wouldn't be anywhere without that, you know, without the monster squad resurgence, uh, for sure. That's definitely the, you know, the locomotive that is making this train go. Uh, and I understand that. And you have to appreciate that, that not everybody gets that opportunity. And, um, so yeah, you have to understand that, take advantage of it. Um, but you know, don't abuse it. Kind of keeping in tune to, to, acting, if you will, you, you've been quite busy these last few years. Um, I guess as an actor, because I know you do a lot behind the camera as well, but when you're looking at, you know, I'm sure people are pitching you stuff and, 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 you know, trying to get you in their project. What is it about a role that gets you really excited? Like when you're sitting here and you've got scripts, you know, coming at you left and right, like what jumps off the page to say, I got to bring this guy to life. You know, it's almost I don't want to say it doesn't matter because uh, it certainly does. You don't want to say you don't want to play something that you're not comfortable with, of course, or that right. you're not right for. And this happens sometimes. Like people are like, oh my god, you know, will you? There's kind of two things. People really want you to be in their movie, right. and they try to uh, just get you in because you're you, or they want you there, but there's nowhere that you actually fit or should be. And you're like, right. I shouldn't be this person. <laughs> like, I, I will ruin your thing. <laughs> um, I know you want me to be in it, but this doesn't. That doesn't jive. Let's look at the next one. Um, and then there's the other set of people that never ask because they never assume that you'll do it or they'll never assume that you'll be able to or that you would want to or that yeah. you think of doing even their their words, you know, my little shitty rinky-dink local movie. I like characters uh, that are either different or or exactly like me. You know, it's I was supposed to do a movie for my good friend Derek Johnson last year. Uh, who ha- was a you know talented filmmaker, creative guy, and his uh, producing uh, partner, Chris May. We're all friends now. And uh, I met them through another friend years ago. And mm-hmm. they've made a handful of really good documentaries. One was The King of the Underdogs, which was the John G. Avildsen documentary, which I highly recommend to anybody that watched movies in the 80s and 90s. Because uh, you're like, who's John G. Avildsen? You're like, oh, shit, he directed like four of my favorite movies. I didn't even know this guy. That's the point of the documentary. Yeah. Um, and then they did a really good documentary on Frank Stallone, <laughs> which was called Stallone, Frank, that is, uh, which was which was absolutely fascinating. And yeah. uh, I, I love these guys. Anyway, the point is, he called me last spring, and uh, or a year and a half ago, and said, hey, my project uh, that I was going to do is not happening. Uh, what are you doing in July? And I said, nothing. He's like, because I'm going to go write this for you. If you're in, we're going to shoot it in East Texas at my house. And, uh, and in the surrounding small towns, I was like, I'm in, I don't even know the story. I'm in. I love it. Now, you had said something, um, a while back about doing things outside of show business. Now there was, there was one thing that you did tied in with show business that I, I was curious about as far as coaching new actors who want to break into the industry. How did that come about? And are you still coaching aspiring actors? Yeah, the the very beginning of that started when I moved back to LA. Uh, I've moved back to LA a couple times, <laughs> not just once. Just and uh, this was in back. the it's in the early two early two thousands, and um, I had uh, it, it really kind of started out with a a friend of mine that became a friend through someone else that said, "Hey, my friend's in LA trying to be an actor. You go have like coffee with him." He and I have been friends ever since, but uh, he did everything exactly opposite of how you should do stuff. And then, um, but I I met a group of people during that time. And I realized as I'm 
hanging out in LA or going to the coffee shop or, you know, eating a taco and everywhere, this is back in the early two thousands. I, I noticed that there were little flyers and pamphlets. Like social media didn't exist yet. Right. <laughs> and uh, I was like, what is this person? Wait, this person's teaching um, a monologue class. Okay. And this person's teaching an audition class. So you're taking a class on how to audition. Okay. And then the one that really killed me is my friend was in a class and the person that was doing that class learned that he knew me and I guess she knew my name or or something about me and wanted me to come in to be a guest speaker in her class. I said, that sounds great. What's the class? He goes, oh, it's a close-up class. And I went, you pay money to take a class to learn how to do a close-up? <laughs> and I said, okay. And now I needed to step out of, I know how to do a close-up. I've been doing, I mean, I've been doing all of this shit since I was five. And I was yeah. like, I guess people that don't know, there are things to you know learn. I got a very good close-up lesson uh, one day on set. I, that's a whole other story. And um, if you've ever been motherfucked for five minutes by George C. Scott in front of 50 people, you'll learn what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and uh, I did. Um, <clears throat> but I realized I was like, hey, a lot of these people are spending a ton of money in combination to five or six classes, but yet they don't know the first thing about what they're doing. And I realized that all those people are taking all this stuff and they don't know like the first <laughs> And so I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to drill all this down. And I had like 15 people in a class. I, I started saying, we're just going to, I just wanted to work with these people on the lines that they read when, and if they were getting on audition or they're reading to get an agent. And then I realized that all these people didn't even, they weren't even there yet. They were, oh, what's being submitted? What is, do you have an agent? You don't even have an agent yet. Got it. You got to try to get an agent. Let's see what. So we had to back it all up and go way down to the very, very fundamentals before the close-up class. There's a lot of yeah. things that happen before you end up on set with a close-up. I wanted to chat a little bit about uh, the documentary um, because it's phenomenal. And if people still haven't seen it, they need to go see it because it, it's so good. It's so good. Thank um, you. But you you touched on something in the doc, and I kind of wanted to bring it up. Um, about the fact that the monster squad could not be made or remade as it was today. It just couldn't. Mm -hmm. That being said, what would today's monster squad look like? Like how, what would need to be done to kind of recapture that lightning in a bottle? It's called stranger things. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess you're not wrong. (laughs) No, I'm not. Uh, I mean, if you want to watch a Monster Squad reboot, go watch season one of Stranger Things. Uh, But that's not just Monster Squad. I mean, Stranger Things has elements of a lot of the kids' adventure movies, whether they're sci-fi or, you know, know, horror-themed or whatever. Uh, And Monster Squad was just kind of part of that. Yeah. If you've seen Stranger Things, there are some direct kind of lifts out of there that aren't just kind of, you know, architectural typal uh so to speak their direct lips um which is interesting i think but to actually answer the question of what a monster is it a reboot or a a sequel is it like they're 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 doing it again for the first time um i mean you can't have the language you can't have the situations you can't have the uh it wouldn't look the same i think it would be recast i think um 
uh, you know, and maybe even what's even better, which we've seen a couple times, uh, mm-hmm. is that the squad is actually a bunch of young girls that no one gives the time of day to that they're right to be like, you know what? <laughs> we've got each other. Let's just take on the world and solve all these problems yeah. uh, because no one listens to us anyway. And let's go prove them wrong. Uh, I think that I, we've seen that a couple times um, in some in some cool shows and in some films. And so I think something like Monster Squad and something like Goonies and something like Stand By Me and The Explorers and Red Dawn, um, you know, show, um, I wish the Red Dawn in if I can, um, is that, you know, groups of kids can get together and, and, and solve some shit. Do you have any conventions coming up or any projects that you want to talk about or promote? Uh, October 1st, we are um, doing a signing event uh, in uh, Boulder City, Las Vegas area at Tom Devlin's Monster Museum. Um, So if you're in the Vegas area, uh, come out and see Ryan and I on the 1st. And then we actually go to, uh, we have a couple things uh, in LA that we have to do, some in-studio podcasts and some signing events um, that aren't um, like uh, accessible. But then we go to Dallas for literally, or we go to Texas for like two weeks or 10 days. And so we're back in Dallas. Uh, we've got a party to go to for that uh, uh, the screening of the the, the the collectibles movie that I yes. did a scene in because uh, they're they're launching that. And then uh, we have two signing events uh, at uh, Dallas Vintage Toy Store uh, and another store in Dallas. Uh, that announcement will be uh, henceforth coming very soon. Uh, oh. And then we're doing a convention in Arlington called Retro Palooza, uh, and so we'll be two days on the twenty second, twenty third. Uh, and then uh, they haven't officially announced it yet. But if you are in the s- South Texas area, uh, either in Houston, Austin, or San Antonio, uh, we are doing uh, some Monster Squad screenings and Q and A at the Alamo Draft House in uh, Austin, oh. Houston, Austin, and then uh, San Antonio. And then on Halloween night, we will be at the Alamo in San Francisco. And look for those links in the description below. Final big question, because we touched on it a little bit, but uh, for anybody who doesn't know, know, um, July of 2021, right? Yep. Some things changed. Something happened. It was huge. Yeah, things changed that uh, definitely uh, came up and, uh, you know, smacking in the mouth a little bit. I was um, uh, playing tennis. Uh, with my good buddy Mike in Las Vegas and uh, indoors. It was a nice Saturday morning and uh, started to feel a little wonky right after I hit a great backhand volley. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, long story short, after a few minutes of realizing this wasn't dehydration or low blood sugar, um, uh, my buddy got me out of there and uh, I ended up going to two places, uh, you know, total, but uh, I, I had a massive heart attack. Wow. And um did was was kind of worried that that was the case and they got confirmed with the first spot that we went into and that was a place that was not capable of treating me and so they got me the hell out of there very quickly and got me into the big trauma center down the road and um uh yeah Do you I had, mind uh, talking a little bit about what you were thinking and feeling in those moments was it a blur was it you, you well, said what, what were the symptoms that you were feeling? That's I'm your age. So this, this kind yeah. of something that I, I would love to. Yeah. So let's start with what most people consider and, and cliche stereotypical. I'm having a heart attack thing because we see it in TV and the movies all the time. And one is like, Oh, my left arm is, you know, hurting or it's paralyzed mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that happens. 
uh, or there's an elephant sitting on my chest. Like, yeah, that happens too. Um, I had none of that. And I, I just, I felt, I just felt a little kind of like woozy and weird. I was like, oh, that's not, and I thought it was my blood sugar or my dehydration. And so I, I sat, I took myself off the court and sat down on the side for a little bit, but then things felt really weird. I, I saw some weird colors for a minute and my hands and feet got real tingly. And I started feeling uh, a little pulse down both of the inside of my arms. And I realized that that was cardiac. And I knew that was probably not good. It's been a little over a year since all of this started. How is your, your sense then? How is your life? How here? are you? Yeah. How are you? Well, I just saw, I saw you in March. Um, you know, and I, saw I know, you in October. but I, don't, that was, I didn't know October, all of these details. October this was, is... was three. When I saw you guys in, in New Jersey or in Philadelphia, uh, that was three months after the heart attack. Um, wow. So, you know, the, the thing is with, with, with heart attacks, uh, it's that 12 month mark once you get there. And if, yeah. if uh, according to the stats, um, you know, if you can make it to the 12 month mark uh, with no other incidences, um, or issues, um, your, your odds of having something later on go way down. Do you, um, believe in the supernatural? Uh, what would be more supernatural than the unexplainable? Um, I was very, however old you are when you're probably in the last months of having an actual crib, Mm-hmm. Um, and I you know, an elevated crib with the slats, you know, cause I'm, this is 70, <laughs> this is 73 sure. or 74 or whatever. This is my first house. And, um, I was in that crib and this can very easily be chalked up as that you were dreaming this. And, uh, but I looked through the slats of that thing and out of the wall came an Indian chief feather headdress and everything. And a young Indian scout, one feather, and their heads came out of the wall and came at me. Wow! And scared the absolute shit out of me. Vanessa, okay. if you want to begin our our restaurants. Sure. Um, favorite concert. Southern culture on the skits. Coffee or tea? Tea. Mm. Salty or sweet? Yes. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Cats. Hmm. Batman or Superman? Superman. Because Batman's a dude. Practical effects or digital effects? Uh, Practical supplemented by great digital technology. If you were to write an autobiography, what would the title of your book be? Point Guard. If they were to make your autobiography into a movie, who would play you? Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Andre, it has been phenomenal meeting you and getting to chat with you and I thank you so much for being here and um, giving a, a huge fan of the Monster Squad and of Sean and, and all the other characters a chance to converse with you and get to know you and, and introduce you through through this medium. I thank you so much for that. Well, I appreciate it. And this is by far we went into other things that normally don't happen on on good you know podcasts. Great, yeah, so. I'm all jazzed and um, hopefully people enjoy this and, but go celebrate the stuff, go support, you know, your show, go support Vanessa stuff, Um, you know, support all of your friends that are trying to make something. Um, You can support me if you want to, it's not a a, a requisite and and just try to do something uh, with or for somebody else. And uh, it's kind of interesting what you get in return. 
Um, and uh, but it's not it's not conditional. This has been fun. Well, what are we going to do for part two? Oh, <laughs> oh let's let's right. find out. Let me know. I'm ready. I'm ready. Again, Vanessa, thank you so much, and Andre, thank you so much, and you have a have a great night, great week, great many many years to come. Uh, I appreciate it, and look forward to. You already mentioned part two, so you're on the hook for that. So uh, absolutely, I'm looking forward we'll, to it. We'll, we'll come up with another topic and another rapid fire, and we'll we'll go from there. Sounds great. <laughs> look forward to it.